0: Not just doing this uh, kind of lift and shift kind of replacement. When you're replacing a, a, a legacy system or even updating a legacy system to a new tech, you should really take the time to say, what were our pain points and can, can we solve those with the new addition?
1: Greetings and salutations. Welcome to the Development Best Practices Podcast, brought to you by ILM Professional Services. I'm Jason Erdahl, your podcast host, and today, Chris Vitko, ILM Principal Architect, returns to the podcast, this time to talk about the sticky issue of what to do with your legacy application. In this episode, we deal with the when and the how of legacy application replacement. But first, we start with the if, the question of should you replace your legacy application. We then talk timing and approaches to doing that replacement whether to add new features, and conclude with a brief discussion of how to pay for it. So without further ado, let's bring in Chris. Chris Vico, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you, Jason. All right, great. Well, you are a savvy vet of the Development Best Practices podcast. I am certain that you know what's coming, but here it is. Um, give us a best practice in something other than development.
0: Okay. Um, best practice. Should you do this? And I don't highly recommend it. So should you create, should you build your own fence? Right? The best practice I've learned from basically my father is <laughs> when you're pouring concrete into the hole of the fence posts, don't use water. Um, the ground, the, the, the water in the ground will actually solidify that, that concrete itself.
1: Oh, that is clever. I would not have thought about that. So um, provided, of course, you're not putting it into a clay-based soil, in which case, well, it's pretty hard to dig down anyway. But um, so yeah, no, no, that makes a lot of sense. So, Or you don't have like a huge pile on your (laughs) knees.
0: I mean, if you've got a 10-foot wide pylon you need, yeah, that's not going to work out very well. No,
1: no, not at all, not at all. Um, the only thing I'd add to your best practice is make sure to check your city codes. Sometimes your fro- they believe your frost line is much lower, um, and sometimes they believe that for whatever reason, I, believe, I know this from personal experience working with Plymouth, Minnesota city codes, it is shocking how many different things you have to go below the frost line in. So you're, you're laying a super deep uh, bearing, just you, know, cement bag after cement bag full, and you're like, wow, this is very expensive for a fence post. So that is a great <laughs> best practice. Thank you, Chris. So upgrading our legacy application. Let's start out with the definition because I've been upgrading legacy applications in various roles for a quarter century, um, but we've used different words for it. Um, We've used words like tech debt, and we've used other terms. But now a lot of people say legacy application, and they mean different things. From your perspective, let's start with the definition. What is a legacy application, and what forms does it take? Sure. So
0: um, in my mind, a legacy application is, is 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 an application that was basically built on older tech in, a, in a, you know, in an older time, different kinds of patterns, different kind of things like that. It essentially comes down to, as my definition of legacy application is, when your application is no longer supported or is supported by very few people, is hard to upgrade, requires a lot of maintenance, when, when you have a hard time maintaining your legacy application, either by cost dollars or manpower, that is what I mean by a legacy application. Doesn't mean it, you know, it, it is just there, it's there and it's having, you're, you're having trouble with it. essentially.
1: Got it. Got it. So, and, um, that's a good definition, um. But it leaves some vagaries around evaluation on is it a legacy is it is it time for it to be replaced or not? So how do you evaluate if your legacy application needs to be replaced?
0: Sure, I, I left those vagaries in there because a legacy application doesn't actually need mean that it should be replaced at oh. all costs, right? Okay, um, it, it's basically something that's hard for you. But it may not be harder than replacing the entire thing. You know, it may cost you $100 where replacing the whole thing would cost you a million dollars, right? That's not a good, good cost benefit. Um, but uh, how do how do you actually know that your legacy application needs to be replaced? Um, it is almost exclusively uh, several different factors. Uh, security. Do people still support, maintain, develop security bugs? Uh, Penetration test, all that kind of stuff. Is your application still secure, or have they basically sunsetted it? Is it gone? No one's no one's supporting it any longer. That mm-hmm. is a number one when you should actually replace a legacy application. Uh, the other, the other thing is, does it actually cost you more money to maintain it than you would actually get benefit out of a new system? Right. And when that new system is, you know putting it on the latest and greatest performance, security, whatever, uh, at that point in time. So, or um, can it only be supported by a few select people, you know, in the country or in the (laughs) state or whatever? That's also a good time to say, well, I have to get specialized resources to actually handle this. So it's probably going to cost me more and I might get a more broader amount of resources if I, if I replaced it. So those are the kind of big ones for me.
1: Oh, believe me. I have a, I have a brother who does a very unique style of development, um, assembler, if you can believe it. Um, and man, I think he has like I don't know twelve weeks of vacation a year. Um, pretty much picks his spots. Um, if you can hang around long enough on that old tech and become, you know, the truly the last buggy whip manufacturer, but be really good because some people still need buggy whips. Um, so in business parlance, um, it is a it is a good thing to do. It's harder for a company because you got to pay more to get that specialized resources in because people don't tend to want to. Work with it. Um, so yeah, that's a good one. The security um, comment reminds me of you. You always want to replace your roof before um, the 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 rain is coming into your living room. Um, so uh, you don't you don't want to realize that it's time to replace your legacy system after you've had a security incident. That's that's too late. <laughs> uh, yeah, putting, you definitely want to dig your well before you're thirsty. Good point. Good point. So okay, cool. So. We've decided, great, we're going to bite the bullet. We're going to replace our legacy application. The cost benefit is there. Um, we want to do it. What approaches should we take in replacing or upgrading the legacy system? Is this a piecemeal a la carte option or do we do it all at once? What's your opinion? Sure. Uh, my opinion is usually, so
0: my opinion is usually the. the the piece uh, the, the piece mail or the agile or the feature based approach where essentially you're kind of keeping the old system along while you basically implement features in the new system. And then you basically kind of cross connect connected to the old system can point to the new system. Eventually you get to a point where the new systems replace enough features where you can reverse the roles where the, where the new system actually points to some of the old stuff. Um, a lot of Microsoft does this very often, right? Um, but allows you. I mean, in that in that respect, the pro of that is allows you to kind of use the latest and greatest tech, but only replace a certain you know kind of do an agile approach, do a iteration approach, where you're just replacing certain features and you're you're taking it as it comes, right? You don't have to spend a huge amount of money to get it done. You can kind of replace as you go along the the big top top uh, features or whatever. Um, the con of that is you're supporting an old system while you're supporting a new system at that point, you're supporting two systems. Um, the other approach, which uh, I mean, if if you're looking at, there are several situations of replacing it all at once. If you're looking at approaches where you need, uh, like, uh, where you need a solid UX across the entire system, usually when you, You know, you create a new system. You're actually redoing the UX because things have changed and things like that. I I haven't ever been on a system that the UX hasn't changed. How about that? Right. And so, if you need a system where the UI is completely the same, or it's branded the same, or or its uptime is, you know, a huge, you know, it's there. There are several situations where you'd probably want to replace all at once. Very few, but some. And in that case, you know, you'd go with that. The pros of replacing it all at once is, like I said, the UX is kind of all, all together. People can learn a new system all at once rather than piecemeal and get confused. Um, that kind of thing. You can plan a lot better, um, kind of analytics and things like that, how you're going to handle new or changing analytics, uh, stats and things like that. The downside is you can you basically pour a whole bunch of money into this thing and you get no immediate feedback. So when you release the all at once thing, it's, well, it better be good or it's, you know, or people are going to complain about it and you're going to have to iterate it over it anyways.
1: And so you're probably going to, it's probably going to cost you a little more on that on that side of things. Oh, absolutely. And that feedback loop is so important too. It's kind of like a small market by market test, right? So if you've released just one piece of the UI or one piece of the application, yeah, of course you go through your best um, analysis and storyboarding and user-to-acceptance testing, but it not tell a big group of users that's actually using the piece of software with the proper analytics in place that you can really tell whether the new UI concept that you wanted to try actually works um, or something like that. But if you release it in pieces, you get that chance to test it. It's like a super proof Of concept, Um, but with real users um, using it over a period of time. Um, That is kind of cool. That is kind of cool. I will admit, I I heard you say Microsoft. I see this a lot in our Microsoft tools. Microsoft's a big believer in rolling these things out in pieces. Um, And I do really appreciate how they have a link back to go back and say, bring me back to the older version, right? Because sometimes. Sometimes you want to learn that user, new user interface. Sometimes you're in a hurry and you want to go back to the interface you know. <laughs> um, so yeah. there, there are times I wish Apple did that uh, when we're using their tools. Um, so, But that's a good point. Um, say, um, you mentioned rolling this out in pieces. Have you heard of something? I mean, this sounds like the Strangler pattern, doesn't it? So a bit. Um, are you for uh, this? Is uh, Martin Fowler's deal? Uh, for those for those of you who don't know, um, uh, Martin Fowler had this idea of a strangler pattern. He was driving through Australia, so the lore goes. Um, and he noticed there there were these vine, uh, there were these tree shaped vines, and how they worked was they had this great tree in Australia, and then the vines would climb up the tree, and they would encompass the tree eventually. And then when the tree died, the vine would just take its place. So it just allowed you to have this um, planned obsolescence, I guess, right? The tree had a lifespan and during its lifespan, it helped give launch to this vine tree. Um, And they called these vines the stranglers, um, right? So, And that's where this idea of the strangler pattern came about. Is that you're you're replacing slowly but surely each limb until finally all that's left is the new UI. So, uh, kind of cool. So, Chris, when you're adding when you're doing the uh, update of the legacy system, should you add new features to the application, or does that just let the business people go wild with brand new scope creep? Sure.
0: Um, I have never seen. I, I guess I've never seen in the systems and the legacy systems that have been replaced and things like that. I've never seen uh, a point where you didn't have pain points in the legacy system. I mean, where where essentially everyone loved the legacy system. And you just needed to like get a, a better platform or something like that. Um, so I I almost always recommend that. The businesses provide back the feedback that the clients have had. What are the pain points, and they're gonna those are going to encompass features, right? You're not you're not just doing this uh, kind of lift and shift kind of replacement. You're you're actually should take the the, the time when you're replacing a, a, a legacy system or even updating a legacy system to a new tech. You you should really take the time to say what were our pain points and we can, can we solve those of a new the new addition. And so I'm always for letting businesses come in with, here are the features we wanna add or here are the pain points we wanna add. Sometimes they're all about just adding the features. There are times where they're like, well, no one uses these features, so let's get rid of them. So there's both creep and, you know, consolidation at the same time too. So, but I'm I'm always for it. It, it makes for a better application in the end.
1: Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I'm glad to hear you say that because frankly, This is how a lot of legacy systems get replaced. Now, good companies, of course, keep proper accounting and they incur tech debt um, and they do those pieces. And that's great. And that helps to fund this. But honestly, sometimes it's those new features that, um, you know, in business parlance, oh, we're leaving money on the table. We got to add this feature. Or you simply need it because all your competitors have it. Um, And that helps to drive um, the funding for uh, updating a legacy system. Um, So that's a, that's a good thing. So I like to, I like to hear that. So that was a good discussion with Chris, but that's normal. He's a pretty smart guy and handy to have around if you need to replace a legacy application or install a fence. Please be sure to listen in a few weeks to part two of our legacy applications discussion with Chris. The Development Best Practices Podcast is brought to you by ILM Professional Services. Do you have a legacy application and need to decide if it's time to replacement? Or maybe you've already decided it's time and need to figure out an approach. In either case, ILM can help. Please visit ilmservice.com today to request some time with Chris or one of our other fabulous architects. If you have any feedback on this episode or have a topic you'd like to cover, please email us at podcast at ilmservice.com. Thanks for listening and have a great day.